0: It's Sal Capaccio.
1: I make a special Capaccio for you, all right? Oh, now that sounds really good.
0: Oh, you like? Hey, get away. Get away from my wife with that. What's the matter, Carpaccio good. What? What do you do now? They don't like a Carpaccio. They like Capaccio. On WGR. I make a Capaccio for you. Sports Radio 550.
2: Sal Capaccio on the West Hur Hotline now joins the show. Mike is on vacation the rest of the week. I'm the Bulldog. Thanks for tuning in. Bill's getting ready to play the Chargers on Saturday. Sal, good evening. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I share your uh, sentiments. I opened my show the kind of
3: the same way today. Not as much fire and brimstone maybe as you, but um, it's frustrating. It really is. And... I don't know. I don't have I don't have answers. I don't know what to say. It's just it's it's frustrating.
2: We're talking about Christmas coming? What are we talking about? <laughs> no, not really. That's great
3: actually. I'm happy for that. But uh, I, I did, Yeah, I, I just I just wanted to say I, yeah, fe- I felt Yeah, no, pain.
2: thank you. I I appreciate that. Um Yeah, I mean it's tough tough times. I, <laughs> real quick, sorry. I just I just tripped a wire in my own brain. Last mm-hmm. night my wife and I I how how you you Max is how old now? Just turned 10 a couple okay. weeks ago. So um very different thing than when your kids are in their twenties. <laughs> my one uh Leo's close, he'll be he'll be twenty in, in in February. Um my wife and I were talking, uh she's off this week, I'm off next week. We were talking over dinner last night and she asked me like so is there anything that needs to happen that she's like do i need to do anything to help get you ready for your family cuz i usually handle like my my folks and right. my nieces and like that i'm sort of in charge of that and um mm-hmm. i looked at her and said yeah no i'm good i'm going to i'm just going to run out on uh and i went uh hmm. Saturday, i guess saturday Saturday's like the last <laughs> the last chance it's christmas eve is sunday for god's sake like yeah i've never been it'll be fine i've got plenty of time to get done what i need to get done on saturday but i didn't realize i'd left it right until the the, the very bitter end here like i'm like the last i like to go out on the last day i can before christmas like, sort of on a leisurely, let me see if there's anything in the window that catches my eye that I can buy my wife, that kind of vibe, right? Not, you got to get your dad and your mom. Like, I haven't done any of it. So, um, I got some work to do, I guess. So just sort of, it's a long way to go to say, somehow or another, even though I know how calendars and time work, uh, it sort of snuck up on uh-huh. me that Christmas is Monday.
3: It, yeah. I, we are cut from the same cloth in the same way. And and I don't love going out that late, but it always happens every year. Just you, you think you have time and then stuff gets in the way. I actually did some of that today. Actually, I was down at the stadium for practice. And on the way home, I said, you know what? I got to go stop here and stop there. And I can kind of clean a couple of these things up and buy a couple of things. So I did that, which was really nice because for me, I kept thinking if I don't do it, we leave Friday for LA. Like, right? I'm not doing it Friday. You've got travel. And I'm in LA Saturday all day. There's a game. Yeah, then then the game, and we're not going to land from LA back in Buffalo until like Sunday morning, like early Sunday morning.
2: Yeah, there's no running around and on Christmas then it's Eve Christmas for you. Eve. Right?
3: <laughs> no. And there's football on and stores are closed. I mean, or they close at new, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not happening. So it had to be like today or like at some point tomorrow a little bit
2: somehow we'll get it together i'm sure uh sal capacho on the western hotline um what's the what's the story from practice today um do you want to run down the injury list first is it still as lengthy as it was yesterday i honestly have been so wrapped up in the saber stuff that i i haven't even looked at the injury report yet
3: well yesterday there were 14 players in the injury report Today, there are fifteen players on the injury report. Okay. Um, however, before anybody goes into freak out mode, um, the good news is that of the fourteen who were on it yesterday, there was no change in any of their status. And we already knew Jordan Phillips probably isn't gonna play this week. Von Miller didn't practice yesterday for personal reasons, but it was a vet rest day today. He was there. He was at but he mm-hmm. gets a vet rest day um at this time of week every week. And then um. everybody else if they were full they're full today if they were limited they were limited today so that's good the mm, news to monitor here is the addition is the AFC Offensive Player of the Week James Cook has an illness and missed practice today so he was named AFC Offensive Player of the Week right around noon that news came out and then at twelve thirty, he wasn't on the practice field so um look I mean obviously you hope that he's okay and you know it's a It's a Wednesday here. The game is on Saturday. Last week, the Cowboys had several guys that were sick as well. Jalen Hurts was sick, and that almost cost him the game, actually. Um, But he played. So... You don't know what the situation is other than he didn't practice today with an illness. Yeah,
2: and suddenly running backs don't matter has taken a bit of a hit with the way James Cook has mattered. James Cook has definitely mattered yeah. uh, to this team the last few weeks, and I don't know. I don't, I'm not prepared to see any reason for that to slow down. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Did, did I, I think I, I heard Thurman on with Tasker and Brownie today preceding uh, my show here, and I, I, I think I heard them say that cook winning afc offensive player of the week is the first time the bills have had a running back win that since travis henry did back in like oh two or something which is I that mean, makes sense that makes sense i mean wow i mean you know they've been, had some great teams but there have been some very good players at that position for the bills uh between then and now but none of them ever had you know this 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 uh you know this recognition i guess and
3: and I mean, think about what it would take. What it takes to, everything to go into being um, a player of the week. Obviously, Josh Allen's had a bunch here, but you know, there's 16 teams in the AFC. Generally, you're only going to give it to a winning team. Um, I think that's kind of the general rule, whether it's written or not. Right. I don't think it is. Um, but you know, you have to be you have to be on a team that wins, and there's 16 teams in the conference, and you got to have these stats. So there's a lot that goes yep. into it. You got to have a lot of, of quarterbacks the, have off. Weeks. Running backs,
2: right? Right.
3: That's right. And the only guy I thought that might get it from him this week, um, I said I figured James Cook would get it. The only guy I thought that could get it instead might have been Joe Flacco because he threw for like 350, threw for 200 in the fourth quarter, had a comeback. Uh, but he had three interceptions, so I think that probably, you know, kind of tilted it very heavily in James Cook favor, anyway.
2: Yeah, three seventy four, I think, was the final number on Flacco. Just a ridiculous. I, I just still can't believe that that team is nine and five, and he's their quarterback right now, with yeah. with everything they've had going on. I mean, I mean, credit to him, it's a great story, but it's just, can it? Is that sustainable? I mean, we'll see. I guess here as we as we move forward. So. As the Bills get ready for this game, Sal, like I, I, you said yesterday, that the the vibes there feel like the the team feels like they there's belief there, and you know I'm I'm really glad to hear that. Um, like I, I got to admit, I I alluded to this about a half an hour or so ago that this season has caused me to sort of regress to pre-Bills contender mode when I'm, I'm watching the games just because they've lost games that I didn't think they had any business losing to teams that they didn't have any business losing to, really, is the way to say that. And so I know they've gotten through the hard part here, and they beat the Chiefs, and they beat the Cowboys. They really should have, for all intents and purposes, beat the Eagles, but they didn't. Still, here they are, and now here are these two easy games, quote-unquote, that they'll be heavily favored in. And I don't know i'm a little I'm a little more nervous than I'd like to admit,
3: I understand that I mean like they've these these are the spots that they have not excelled in this year uh they've excelled more in the spots where they're supposed to um or at least you know a a really good team like Miami or like you said the Eagles and even though they lost that game and then the chiefs uh, but a couple of times like the Raiders. And the commanders, even though it took a little while there, they mm-hmm. did kind of put their foot down when they needed to put their foot down. Uh, I, I think this team is in a different spot right now, though, than they were in some of those other games like New England, like the Jets, like Denver. I think they're feeling better. I think the offensive coordinator change obviously has helped that a lot. But look, this is still a talented Chargers group. They've had an extra three, four days uh, to prepare here. They had a Coach change, and usually that gives you at least like a one game bump and some sort of you know hey we're gonna play for this guy we want to make sure that everybody knows that you know what we put out on the field last week wasn't us, so those certain then you know you get a short week to travel to l a it's a long flight um by the way, five and a half hours I think I looked it up five and a half hour flight that's wild right uh, we were talking about like roundtable on Friday and I'm like yeah what's the and I looked at it I'm like I, we're gonna be in the air the whole time it's a a, (laughs) you know it's it's a long flight right you know so i mean just it's a long flight so it makes even a shorter week i guess than a normal flight you know to somewhere in in maybe new york or uh, new england or something like that so i do think there's some traps here for the bills i really do um but at the end of the day if you don't beat east and stick are you a playoff team if you're the buffalo bills (laughs) i mean you 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 have to beat east and stick and that's to me what i'm like kind of banking on here, which is you, even if you have a quote unquote letdown, and the Chargers have a bump, even if those two things do mm-hmm. collide,
2: you still have to beat Easton State. Right. You can't let him beat. I you. was thinking about this last night. I was like, how bad could the Bills play and still win? <laughs> it's not it's a, not a fun question to entertain but you know it it, right. it it should be there for them. How much do you know about this player? I mean, I know it's North Dakota State and we have got Wyoming Josh Allen so like that's kind of cool. Um but I, I, honestly, I did not see a minute of him playing uh at all in the game on Thursday that they got blown out in. Um like what what sort of player are we talking about? Do you do you have much of a cliff
3: notes on him? No, other than the fact that I didn't realize, I guess, that he's been in the NFL for five years. <laughs> you know, I mean, 19, 20, 22, 20. This is his fifth year, yeah. He was a fifth-round pick back in 2019. He succeeded Carson Wentz, actually, at North Dakota State. Um, you know, a really, really high-level, decorated college quarterback for that level and what he did there. Um, what he can do, he, he's actually, a, he can run. And I know his NFL stats don't say that. His college stats do. Okay, I mean, He's in his in his college career, three different years, he ran for over 600 yards. <laughs> and the one year he did, it was at 498. So, I mean, okay. he's a guy that rushed, ran for ran for 41 touchdowns. He's a, he's a mobile guy. Now, will they keep him in the pocket? I don't know. Will they want him to run around? I mean, the, you know, the offensive line is, has not been very good for the Chargers. It might be just get rid of the ball. You know, and plus, you don't want to go to another quarterback, too. So, they signed Will Greer, I believe. You know, so... Let's let's minimize his opportunities for taking shots. So even though that, you know, and he does have a live arm, there's no doubt about that. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I guess the guy in another circumstance, if he wasn't behind Justin Herbert, maybe he gets a little bit of a shot a little sooner in his career, but he also is a guy that's kind of pretty nondescript so far. And nobody's been talking about how, man, if this guy just goes somewhere, <laughs> if he becomes a free agent, he's going to get a shot. I've never heard anybody talk about him like that either.
2: Right. I'm glad to know this about his rushing in college because I, 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 you know, I looked, you said his NFL stats. I looked at this year we just had, um, yeah uh, Joe Reedy who covers the chargers, for the AP on last hour, and I said two carries for eleven yards. I'm guessing this isn't a scramble guy, but maybe it's just you know a small sample.
3: Yeah, I think that's the case, but it's also um, I mean he. I'm looking at his. I'm, I'm going back now. I don't know this off the top of my head. Obviously, I'm looking back his combine, four point six two forty. That's really nice for a quarterback, right? He can run a little bit, um, so you know he's he's a he's a a guy that's a, he's an athlete. He's got an arm, so you have to be aware of all that kind of stuff. And with a new coach coming in. Maybe they have some. They have nothing to lose, right? If the Bills beat them, they're eliminated from the playoffs. Now, they're not going to make it anyway, but it would officially close the door on their playoff chances. And they might just let it all hang out. Maybe you see some different things happen. Maybe we see a different usage of Austin Eckler. I think any time you go against a team that has new pieces and parts that you haven't seen, and in this case it would be a coach, right, what his philosophy is, um, you have to be very wary of those kinds of things. So at the end of the day, I think you just rely on the fact that you're a good team. The Bills are a good team. They're playing good offense. They have Josh Allen um, and you know they they just they shut down Dak Prescott last week and they shut down Patrick Mahomes. Oh, so right. your challenge is to go out there and even though you don't have as much film on the quarterback or know the offensive philosophy with this particular head coach, you should be confident that you can shut down Easton stick and you need to go do that
2: Sal Capaccio on the West Hur hotline here on WGR for just a few more minutes. Bills and Chargers on Saturday night Peacock around the country will be on Channel 2 here locally if you're not a Peacock subscriber. Um, Khalil Mack. Sal. like this is another team with bosa out and i know he's eligible to to be activated but doesn't sound like that's in the offing here right away this is the first week he's eligible to come off of ir um but mac has had a monster season 15 sacks on the yeah. year like yeah i'm sure he's you know he got got fat in one game uh early this year i think against the raiders if i remember correctly uh but still it, prolific pass rusher, but it's another one of these one man show deals and I, I, I wanna feel like I want to trust the Bills to be able to f- figure out a way to handle him.
3: Yeah, I mean going into the year you think about the players they have up front, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and you know uh bookends, right? Holy cow. Like what a formidable group. And now Joey Bosa, as you just mentioned, he is eligible to come back. They have not um act they haven't even opened his window yet, to be quite honest with you. He hasn't practiced no. because If he was, they would have to announce that because of the new rules. You have to put him on the actual injury report um, for the week. They didn't do that. So he hasn't practiced. Uh, If he's going to step on the field, they'll have to do that. Um, And then you have Khalil Mack, to go back to your conversation about him. Yeah, at his age, you know, to be doing what he's doing is so great. Look, I've always said, and it's true, you go back and look, that position – you can play at a very high level into your mid and even late thirties if you take care of your body. This is a thirty-two year old who's still putting together one of the best years of his career. He's already tied his career high in sacks, which came in his second year in the in the league, fifteen. Um, he was an all pro that year. So, you know, he's doing those kinds of things again. Now as far as the bills and handling them, I agree with you. Um, they've done a very good job against top pass rushers this year, including last week against Micah Parsons, he had Two assisted tackles, nothing else. No quarterback pressure, hurries, no um, solo tackles, no tackles for loss, no sacks. They went against Max Crosby, basically blanked him off the stat sheet. They went against Chase Young and Sweat and Allen and Payne in the, against the commanders. Pretty much took care of those guys up front. Um, I, I think the Bills are very good at designing game plans, A, on offense to take care of that guy, and on defense to take care of a team's number one wideout, and in this case, that would be Keenan Allen. Just gonna let you know, Bulldog, it just came out within the last hour. He did not practice again today mm. with that heel injury, so it's really trending like him not playing in this game.
2: All right, this might be the best Bills offensive line since what? Blank. Like I, I feel like the, the line is is having a very good year. So they are.
3: Um, number one, it starts with, and this isn't the only reason, but it really helps to be healthy. Mm -hmm. They have been healthy all year. They have not had, I'm going to find some wood. Hold on. There you go. Okay. (laughs) Um, you know, even Deion Dawkins, he was asked about that last week. He goes, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to put that out there. Like, I mean, I don't want to even speak it because, you know, we all know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing to be at this position of the year and have all five offensive linemen who have not missed a start. Now here or there, there's been a guy or two. Deion came out a game for a play or two, Yep. you know, but I mean, yeah. And, and Bulldog, here's the other part about it. I, I would tell you, even though they've been healthy and they haven't had to use them, I think, and I think the Bills think, they have a really good backup unit, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> I mean, Ryan Bates, David Edwards, I know they really like Ryan Vandermark and Alec Anderson. I mean, that's a, that's a, any one of those guys has to go in. I think the Bills are very, very confident in what they could do. So it starts with that. And then, of course, it helps when Josh Allen can get out of things. And he can scramble around. There's no doubt about that. And now you see the physicality of that group. And I think the the biggest thing, well, first of all, I want to give a lot of credit to Aaron Cromer. I think Aaron Cromer is a heck of a coach. Eric Wood, when he was hired, said, you know, this is like one of the better O-line coaches he's ever been around. He teaches really the way his teaching method is. It's every guy, he'll teach them to their strengths. It's not just, this is how you block this. It's no, okay, because you're leaner and taller you have to block it this way because you're shorter and wider. You have to block it this way. I think it's fascinating for an offensive line group for a coach to to teach it that way, right? I mean, you could talk about other positions, running backs, wide receivers, guys who are smaller or bigger, but when you're talking about offensive line, a five-man unit, to be able to do that and do it successfully, I think that's really, really interesting. And Eric's talked about that with Aaron Cromer. So I think he's done a really good job there. And then the physicality. The, the one thing I think they don't get enough credit for, but now we're seeing, they're super athletic. I mean, their tackles. Right. When you see Deion Dawkins do the things he's doing, pulling around, not going left, but going Right from the left side Mm -hmm. and Spencer Brown going right to left and Mitch Morse pulling you know, normally in football. It's guards pull. We don't do that anymore. Everybody can pull that. It's been the case for years now in football, but now you're seeing it really come to fruition with some of these um, NFL offensive lines. And you see these tackles pulling the way they do. You see the center and that's a, that's a real Testament to their athleticism.
2: Yeah. Spencer Brown might be one of the stories of the year sneakily on the bills, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, so much concern about him going into the season and even the opener, if I remember correctly, didn't go great. Um and all he's done since then is well really not get talked about and that's the old cliche about the offensive lineman right but he he's he's had a nice year out there. He has and you know all the things
3: <coughs> excuse me all the things the Bills said about him last year and missing a lot of reps earlier in the year because of the back surgery and then coming in late um you know coming from a smaller school not having as many you know opportunities and reps the first year maybe as as you'd like. I mean, look, it all sounds like excuses, cliches. We hear those things. And you can dismiss that. I understand that. It's it's because you're trying to stand by and be confident in your guy, be confident in your pick. But it feels like maybe that's the case. I actually, I think it's a great launching point to make the point. And I, I wrote this on Twitter the other day, and I'm used James Cook as the example. But I think that Spencer Brown is another great example. I think sometimes you just have to give it some time with these young guys, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and everybody says it. But everybody wants immediate results. And what happens is, Bulldog, as you know, a guy comes in, any sport, but in football, a guy comes in and he hits right away as a first-round pick, a second-round pick, a fifth-round pick, whatever it is. And it skews the expectations for everybody else. It's just not normal. Like, guys take – this is a grown man's game. And they're coming from college where it just wasn't the case. The level of competition they're facing is not nearly the same. And sometimes guys just take a little time. And you have to take a step back. You have to let it breathe. We were sitting here in the offseason. You know this. We were sitting here in the season every single day. I'd get on social media. I'd get people calling. We would. Oh, my God. Brandon Bean, all these first and second round picks that haven't hit. Spencer Brown's been horrible. And James Cook hasn't hit. And Ed Oliver going back to there. Well, you know what? Maybe, it's, maybe it didn't go as quickly as people wanted and hoped, even the Bills. But look where we are now. And I just think that it's a great reminder that sometimes those things happen. You know what? You also get misses sometimes. Kyer Elam looks like a miss. He should be better than he is right now. Totally concede that, and it's fair to criticize that. But it's not normal to come in this league and just be really, really good right away.
2: But it's uh, it's an excellent point, and it's a fantastic place to leave the conversation f- for us until tomorrow, Sal. And by the way, I just got a text from our, our boss. Like with your schedule, they're going to make me stay till ten o'clock our time to do the roundtable when you get to LA. <laughs> I love it on the Friday before Christmas. That that, that, how's, that, uh, how's, that how's that sound? I mean, if you, I might be at an Italian restaurant <laughs> talking to you, but you know, putting up
3: the the technology there and, and and doing it from there.
2: Try to imagine me sitting in this chair until ten o'clock at night on a Friday. <laughs> Two days oh, before. Wait, Christmas. wait, wait, wait. You
3: did that back in WBEN. W- oh, B- well, e- like, sure. You probably stayed
2: till midnight. Right. Well, it didn't start till six, but still, yeah, uh, nonetheless. All right. Thanks for uh, Fitness in today, and we'll catch up tomorrow, Sal. And um, yeah, that's it. All right. Thank you. You got it, man. That's our Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. His appearances are always brought to you by New York's only outlet, Liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? All right, just like we did an hour ago, we're through with the guests. we got a half hour open. You want to fire away on the Sabres. You want to pick up on something Sal and I were talking about regarding the Bills, uh, the the vibes, how you're feeling going into these two easier-looking games before the showdown with Miami. Uh, Anything and everything on the table for you at 803-0550. Mike Shope is off this week. I am the Bulldog, and you're listening to WGR. I feel really good. The only thing I haven't done is hit somebody yet, and so you can't never replicate that. So I guess I'll be able to kind of give everyone a better answer tomorrow after practice after to go out there and, and be in football positions and kind of see how it feels. So that's the best way I can kind of describe and give you guys the answer without really being in that position. We
0: get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by
2: state law. Yeah, you know, with day-to-day feels good. Working out feels good. I just don't know football really. What's it going to look like? That is injured Bills defensive tackle Daquan Jones. His 21-day practice window opened up this week uh, with an eye towards getting him back at some point here. Not expected to be a part of things on Saturday when the Bills travel to L.A. to play the Chargers, but certainly will be a welcome addition in the middle of their defensive line. Uh, they've managed to get through to an extent defensively here. Certainly last week they didn't miss anybody last week. Uh, But Jones, we all know, like he was one of the key guys that missed that Bengals game. I don't know how much different it would have been with him there. There were a lot of issues, I think, in that game in the playoffs last year. But um, Jones, a nice player, valuable player in the interior of the Bills defensive line. So uh, hopefully he'll be some juice coming back for them. Uh, just in the nick of time. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the number. I am the Bulldog. Um, Mike Schop is off for the rest of the week. Uh, I've been talking a lot of Sabers today and a lot of Bills. The Bills play the Chargers. I've I've said a couple times. Um, I don't like feeling a little nervous because they've let us down against teams that we thought they should be able to handle, and that's what they're facing the next two weeks. So I'm a I'm a little I'm a little more uneasy than i'd like to be um whereas i don't know going into the chiefs game and even the eagles game i felt full of confidence um now i'm back to like a little, little trepidation i gotta admit eight hundred three oh five fifty uh is the number jay will lead us lead us off this segment hi jay thanks for calling you're on wgr
4: oh chris hey as always uh when you fly solo you do an incredible job man. so keep it up
2: thank um, you that's nice of you to say
4: yeah no, i know i mean um so you, you're, you're, you're speaking my language right now. So I'm going to pretend that this phone calls my coach and you're my counselor. So, you know, I, I, I'm excited and happy that I, I'm nervous about the game this weekend because that means my favorite team is still in the hunt, right? Mm-hmm. At the same point, I'm upset and angry that I'm nervous about a game this weekend against Easton Stick. <laughs> so like you have professed, I have... A lot of trepidation about this game, given how we have performed against the Patriots uh, and the others. And um, I'm, I'm wondering, how do I reconcile these two so that I can really enjoy this game and not have this become the East and stick game like Music City Miracle <laughs> and 13 seconds? I'm kind of being... I kind am of joking here but I mean well
2: yeah yeah well as as, um, as your appointed uh counselor I would advise that you uh imbibe um I don't know are you familiar with the, the gummy world no I'm kidding I, I don't know man um you know I, I I I by the way I'm not like full of it like I'm not I'm not scared I just I'm you know I am a little I'm a little reluctant to 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 just assume they're going to stomp these two teams um and, you know, yes, they could you know, stub their toe here, so to speak, uh, in any game. We've learned that this year. But they are good. They are talented. Um, I feel like the vibes are good. Um, and they're, they're playing two teams that just really should not be capable of beating them. And I know that's feeding into the same – That's that's the narrative, is that these teams that you shouldn't have trouble with have been a problem for them this year uh maybe it just stops this week. I mean, in the end, you know, of course we're all going to watch these games and we're all going to hope for the best. I don't know, you h- handle yourself as you see fit. Um try not to worry about it too much. You know, like I I don't know. I mean, I'm on the radio. So how I'm feeling about it, I feel compelled to tell you because well, that's part of the job, right? Um and I and I don't like to just Put on airs, in other words, pretend like you know, full of Oh, they're gonna kill him! Come on, like I'm just being honest. I'm I'm a little I'm a little more nervous than I'd like to be. That doesn't mean I'm a lot nervous. What I'm saying really is, if this game were happening in last season, the season before, or even the season before that, I wouldn't be sweating it at all. Uh, now with the way this year's gone, you know, it's a little bit of a sweat. It's a little though. I don't want to overstate it. Chris is up next. Hi, Chris. Thanks for calling. You're on WGR.
5: What's going on, Bulldog? Hi. You, uh, Yeah, hi. You got me. Uh, it's been years since I've called in, and I, I listened to your opening monologue, and it, it reminded me of you 10 years ago. And, and, you know, what really struck me is, and I definitely did not think you were exaggerating when you said, you did not even know if, if this was going to make you cry. And that was what struck a, a – according to me, because I'm like, that's that's how I feel about this. I'm so frustrated with our hockey team. It's my favorite sport. So, I, I mean, yeah, I, could, I, I, I have a couple thoughts on, you know, how soft we are in front of the net and
2: blah, blah, blah.
5: <laughs> blah. We can talk about that. But I, I don't know if you want to go down this road. But uh, what this all goes back to for me is Tim Murray as the general manager and making a decision and getting a green light from ownership to make a a franchise decision that, as a a team, we are going to lose to win. And I wanted to throw up all over myself when that happened, and I hated it. Nothing about it felt intuitively right. Mm -hmm. In my gut, it felt wrong. And then we get Jack Eichel. We weren't even guaranteed of the first overall pick. And Jack Eichel ends up being, I mean, I, I can't stand him because obviously of what happened. What? Uh, maybe it's not all his fault. The organization should have never made this kid the captain. He's not a leader. You, you can see he's mm-hmm. a, an amazing talent even in Vegas, but he's not a leader. He's just a phenomenal player. It just, it just goes back. That's, that's where it all started to really when I couldn't take it anymore, and I'm still angry about all that.
2: Well, um, I mean, I, I feel that. I definitely um, was way more like you than I was people who were, you know, cheering for Arizona goals and Brian Gianta penalties and tie games late in the third period. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's a story that's been told many times and I won't go through it again. Uh, but I, I wanted to punch one of my friends in the face because he was glad that Brian Gianta got a penalty. Anyway, um, so I, I feel that. But I mean, if that, if, it, and it's been pretty much. Mostly horrific since then. So, I mean, there hasn't been anything to really turn you around. Um, so, I mean, like I, like you, I, I hated that entire operation. I, I understood what they were doing. I, I wanted, I you know, obviously I wanted McDavid. Um, I think I would admit that by the time we got halfway through that year and even to the draft, I had, well, Eichel would be awesome anyway. Like that was my mindset, like just to sort of make peace with what they were doing and what the objective was. Um, so I mean, I was probably more conflicted about it than you were because I wanted the great player. I didn't see any sense in winning games that weren't going to matter anyway. If it was going to keep me from getting a great player and, you know, instead end up with one of the Stroms or something. Uh, you know, I didn't want any part of that, uh, but it was, it was conflicting. Um I don't walk around though thinking about any of this tracing to that. I mean, yes, the organization has been often enough uh an inferno <laughs> since then. Um but I, I don't think like I I'm not holding it against them, I guess is what, is what I would say. Like there's been plenty of hockey played since then. And I I don't think it's, it's, it's holding them back or something or like that's, that's some sin they'll never, uh, come back from. And I didn't say all that. Uh, but I feel like that's the, I don't know, that's the implication. If you're going to trace your, uh, dissatisfaction with the, with the hockey team back to then, um, you know, maybe, maybe you're hanging on to some of that, that you might be better off just letting it go. Um, lots of teams have done it. Lots of teams have won since doing it. So it's not, to me, like they committed some sin against the hockey gods or something, and they're never going to be good again because they tanked to try to get Connor McDavid. I mean, I, I don't know. Arizona's good. They did the same thing. And they got Strom. They got one of the Stroms. I forget which one. Dylan or Ryan, I don't know, whatever. It's like the, the new McCowns. It's one of the Stroms. Thanks for the call. Uh, Dave is next up. Hi, Dave. Thanks for calling. You're on WGR. Hi,
1: Bulldog. I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, first of all. Thank you. Same and, to you uh, and yours. Oh, you're. Thank you, sir. And uh, real quick, before we get into the Sabres, I think Buffalo is too much to lose to not go out there to L.A. and beat that team by at least two touchdowns. Uh, I wouldn't be too nervous about the game. In fact, I predict they'll win 27 but anyway, getting back to the Sabres, I happened to catch Donny Granado's press conference after the game last night on YouTube, and he looked pretty shaken to me, and he should have looked shaken because he lost that team. After the first goal, they, they didn't feel like playing. It looked like they didn't feel like playing at all. They were giving the puck up. They were uh, giving up too many odd man rushes. They weren't hitting anybody. The only player that was hitting anybody was Darlene. Uh, the rest of them were skating around like it was the ice capades. And I just think, uh, I'm hoping he's not losing the – Mm-hmm. the team you know what i'm saying I, yeah I, I hope that you know what i'm saying it didn't look good to me
2: no i hear you man like uh, oh. dave i think it's a, a, a very legitimate concern um it's one of the reasons why coaches are so unfortunately utterly disposable in that sport um is it's it's the thing that you change when well when a team is going like the sabers are going i mean i i, I don't does not feel at all to me like that's on the table right now uh with them, and that's a part of the frustration not that I have it in for granado i also I, I've been watching his post games really since he got here, but especially lately and the idea that 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 these guys who what, how it's represented is that it means so much to them and they want to do well for the city and they want they want the building full and they want to win and they're really driven and they're proud to be Sabres and all this stuff. And I know it's a different era and players are different. To have a half a dozen guys in the room to answer for 9-4 to four to Columbus and leave the coach out there knowing he's going to have to be taking bullet after bullet for you it's shameful. It, it, to me, that's shameful. It, different era or not, right? Pa- Paul, t- We'll talk to Paul in about 20 minutes. Uh, Paul tells me it, it's often like that in the room. Win or lose. Like, the guys just don't hang around like that, like they used to. There used to be, um, you know, this idea, like, you have a lousy game, everybody better be at their stall. Even if the media don't want to talk to you, you sit there just in case. Right, This is in case Jim Kelly wants to ask you a question, the hockey writer, not the football player, that would be weird. Um, and you answer, and you 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 know you own your part of it. And uh, instead, I've got you know most of this team, the vast majority of this team, cannot wait to get out of that room and have no part of having to answer from nine to four. They gave up seven goals over like twenty-two minutes of actual gameplay, from the first period into the second. Seven goals. I mean, it's just 10 bits? Hockey? Like, what the hell? 803-0550 is the number. Squeeze in a couple more calls right after this on WGR. All right, happy to have you with us here on a Wednesday. I am the Bulldog. Mike show is on vacation through the Christmas holiday. is the phone number. We'll uh, try to smash through a couple of more here before we get to the top of the hour and our Paul Hamilton joining me. Michael is first up this segment. Hi, Michael. Thanks for calling. You're on WGR.
1: Hey, Bulldog. Listen to you for a long time. Now, always valid your opinion about hockey. um, Thank you. I'm at a breaking point. I'm at a breaking point here, man. Um, Kevin Adams. I'm not a fan of Don Granato. I I don't think he's a good good head coach but what kevin adams is doing is like giving a no fishing pole to a fisherman and telling him to catch the most fish in the race like he has openly came out and said that he doesn't plan on any making changes and then next year all they're going to do is get rid of eric johnson oposo and gurgensen and then fill it in with the young players and then we're going to be bad again and then they're going to say well it's a young team so I can't take this cycle anymore. A uh, 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 13-year-old kid playing NHL 2010 could make moves that could make this team win right now with all the prospects we have. I just don't understand why the Pagulas are keeping this going. Like, is it sabotage? He was drafted by the Boston Bruins. He was on the Carolina Hurricanes team that knocked us out of the playoffs in the Eastern Conference Finals. Why is he the general manager when there's all these other options out there? I just don't get it. I I value your opinion very much. (laughs) I listen to this radio station all the time, and you guys defend that. Like, what are we watching the same games, and, and we listen to them say the same things? Dylan Cousins had his jaw broken on the ice. And then Kevin Adams has the nerve to say that he disagreed with his comments of saying the team was too soft. Yeah. Like, do you? What do you think Dylan Cousins is? Good? Do you think Dylan Cousins wants to play for
2: that guy after that? Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Michael. Thank you for the call. Um, I feel your frustration. I, I don't. I don't. I, I'm. I'm going I'm to go ahead and just. Uh, you value my opinion. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to assume it's not sabotage. Um, okay. I mean, if that needed to be said, uh, I, I couldn't be sure if you were actually serious um, about that part of this. Um, yeah, the Cousins thing. I, I I I caught wind of that today, and I, and I missed it when it. I mean, I knew I know Cousins had the the moment in the locker room talking about you know how much he cares and that the team is soft. Um, I did not know I, it, it. It escaped my attention that Adams had a problem. Well, I guess it's in a, in a Mike Harrington piece in the Buffalo News uh, today that uh, Adams did not like that Cousins characterized the team as soft, and you know. Here, here on one hand, we've got, like, I don't know how much of a story it is today, but it was certainly more of a story than it has been all year. That very few players were in the locker room to talk to the media after they gave up seven goals over the course of about 20 minutes of actual game action to the Columbus freaking Blue Jackets. There are only a, half a dozen guys in there to answer for it, and it got brought up to Don Granado and, you know, the Sabres media relations, you know, made it clear, like, we'll get anybody you need, but the idea is that guys are out there and they're going to be accountable. You don't have to ask to talk to somebody so you can ask them why they lost 9-4 to to a horrible team, right? Um, they're just there and it just makes everything easier. So we want accountability, right? We want these guys to care. I've got Dylan Cousins telling you what a lot of us are thinking we're watching the games, and then look, I know soft in within hockey parlance is like as bad as it gets. So, I, I get like that Adams would not be glad to hear one of his key young men refer to the team that he's constructed and put on the ice as soft, but maybe you should listen to him if he's, he's going to go out there and, and, and pay with his nose. And call it like he sees it. Maybe applaud that, rather than shut it down. Like I know it's not complimentary, but we we want them to care. Like I, I sort of agree with the caller's assessment. Like how is Dylan Cousins feeling finding out that the GM took issue with him calling the team soft? You're gonna feel like I I I should not speak my mind anymore. I I should I should I shouldn't tell you how I'm feeling about this team that I'm trying my best for. I, I, it, it's a very frustrating point, um, and I certainly will get some clarification, if, if he chooses to clarify, uh, from Adams tomorrow when he joins me at 5 o'clock. Uh, it's definitely going to come up. I, I, it was on my list on in my notes even before the caller brought it up, but I hadn't thought to bring it up today on the show, and I'm glad it came up. So thank you for the call. is the number. Paul Hamilton straight up after this on last night and the way forward for the Sabres. Mike Shope is away the rest of the week. I'm the Bulldog, and you're listening to WGR